Zach and Shana, thank you, thank you. Two students from our university. Did you want to sing along? That's where I was. Yes, Jesus loves me. We're about to stand for the reading of the word. Our scripture today comes from the pen of the Apostle Paul. Unlike any other, though, that he writes in the New Testament, because for this letter, there is not a problem that he's responding to. There's not a crisis he's settling. He's sitting, probably chained up to a guard under house arrest. He can write about anything he wants. The sky's the limit. He's not going anywhere. It's a longer scripture we'll read today. It is one sentence in the original language. I invite you to stand for the reading of the word. Ephesians chapter one. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places just as he chose us in Christ before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasures of his will, to the praises of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, through the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and insight. He has made known to us the mystery of his will. Remember, we're still in one sentence, okay? He's made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a part of the plan of fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven, things on earth. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplished all things according to his counsel and will. In Christ, we, all of this has happened. The word of God. You can be seated. So while the scripture sinks in, that one long sentence, let's, have a, let's play a game. This is a contest. It's a real contest. So as soon as you know who I'm quoting, I just shout it out or stand up or wave your arm in the air. As soon as you recognize who I'm quoting this morning, we want to hear from you. We want to see you, actually. Make some noise, okay? Quote, my mission is to spark joy in the world through cleaning. Uh-huh. My mission is to spark joy in the world through cleaning. The tidying process provides a unique opportunity. We clean by categories and locations. The KonMari method. Maria Kondo has made Netflix some money. And she has our attention, by the way, in the United States. Bravo for Netflix on New Year's Eve. I would have had a quiet New Year's Eve, but I got an email alert from Netflix. Hey, don't, don't forget, tomorrow, New Year's Day, we have something brand new for you. And America woke up. It turns that we've all, seems we've all turned our attention to tidying with this little thing, Marie Kondo. She fluttered into our lives here in the United States of America. If you're late to the party, we're going to show you a trailer. Netflix, eight episodes. If you've already binged them all, please confess right now. Where are you people? Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. 
We have formal confession after church today. We're gonna give you a, a minute and a half of what this Netflix original series is about. never-ending battle to fight the clutter. With the baby coming, we gotta get our stuff in order. We had a downsize from a four-story house to a two-bedroom apartment. I lost my husband. I don't know that I have everything it takes to get rid of his belongings. This girl's no joke. This is amazing. Uh, we have too much stuff. It's official. It's so hard to let it go. I don't want to just, you know, dump it. I want to be thoughtful about it. Choose item that spark joy for you. Spark joy. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. We're on board. We want to change. I just want it to be strong enough to change me. I can let it go. Arigato. I am going to figure out what sparks joy in my life. I can't believe you can touch the carpet. <laughs> new day, new joy. Thank you for being here for us and wanting to help us. I hope you know how much this means to me. Here we go. She's a cheery woman in a fluffy little skirt who has stepped into our messy, cluttered lives and got our attention. Who knew she would become our latest decluttering diva? and healer of spaces. That's what they're calling her. Now, just to be clear, Netflix is not yet releasing the viewership and how much money they've made on this, but we know already that uh, they're telling us within three days, donations to Goodwill centers were up by as much as 350%. <laughs> Check out this line of cars, 20 cars deep in North Dakota, <laughs> after one day with Marie Kondo our decluttering diva, our healer of spaces. So, tidying up, she says. Let go of the items from the past that if we don't see they have space in our future. And in order to do this, we put it all out on the floor and the table and we touch each item and we look at each item and we ask, does this spark joy? Now, truthfully, if you watch all eight episodes, you'll see some people get it quickly and other people a little more cerebral. <laughs> It's a t-shirt. Does it spark joy? It's a t-shirt. But if you put a book in their hand and say, does this book spark joy? Oh, let me, talk, let me talk to you about my book. Does it spark joy and do you see it in your future? If the answer is no, then you thank it and give it away to goodwill. If the answer is yes, then you keep it and you learn how to fold it. It turns out we were all then folding our clothes in little tiny bundles within a couple of days of watching her. Instagram went crazy. Some of you were among it. She says it's easier if you thank the thing and then release it. We feel less guilt about it. So say thank you and release it and then keep moving through your house. I was only a halfway through the first episode before my mind easily, quickly made this connection. But besides my own closets and my own drawers and our garage, I quickly moved to the household of the church. Our closets, 
the household of faith, Christianity, Adventism, if we take everything out of our experience and we dumped it on the floor or put a big pile on the table, if we all collectively dumped our faith experience, and then one by one we imagine, does this spark joy? Does this belong in our future? I immediately went there. Pastors, come and join me because this is the assignment then that I gave my colleagues. All right, let's dump it out. Let's just go ahead and dump it out. This table represents the stuff, some of the stuff from your pastor's closets and drawers of their faith journey. Not everything. Not everything, but some of the things that we put on the table this morning. And we're having a simple exercise. They're going to tell us what they brought to the table, and I'm going to ask them, do they see it in their future or not? Okay? So very, very simple. Vaughn, you're up. What'd you bring to the table? So I, uh, I brought this unopened jar of Roma. For, uh, for the uninitiated, Roma is a coffee substitute that is made from barley. And uh, I found this caffeine-free lifestyle buried deep in a corner of my religious closet, collecting dust. Does it spark joy, Vaughn? So I brought it here today. <laughs> it, it, it does it? not. I'm torn, Chris, because it's probably not a bad idea, but there are so many great things on this table. I'm going to have to thank it for blessing the first 19 years of my life. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm going to just give it away. I'll take it. Oh, Pastor Otis will. <laughs> good, good. I even feel better. I feel better now. Thank you. Good. Yeah. It, it, it's the best part of waking up. <laughs> now we know who the real pastor is up here. Otis. <laughs> What'd you bring to the table, Otis? Um, I brought a sleeping bag. A sleeping bag reminds me of all the required camping I had to do to build character. <laughs> so now, uh, as an adult, anything with the word camp in it, camp meeting, campery, camp outs, I'm giving it away. I don't you need it. Your I'll, take I'll take that. I'll take that. A fair trade. Bev, what'd you put on the table? I've got this globe here uh, that is a fun reminder for me because I did not, I was not always Adventist and so it's a fun thing to join a tribe that anywhere in the world that you go, you can find somebody who probably knows somebody that you know and it's Adventist. It's kind of a cool world to belong to. Uh, so, I'm gonna it spark joy? It sparks a lot of joy. I'm gonna keep, keep it. it. I'm gonna You're keep keeping it. it. Okay. Steve, what'd you bring to the table? I, I brought this um, poster <laughs> for a revelation seminar does it spark joy? It does not spark joy. <laughs> this one doesn't have the F-16s and nuclear bombs, but it, uh, it must be the newest version. So I think... Are you going to thank it and release it? I'm going to release it. <laughs> Otis, did you want to take that, Otis? <laughs> it's no, also the best no, part you. of waking up. No, thank you. <laughs> Diva, what'd you bring to the table? Uh, I brought this. Um, I, w growing up, we had clothes, and there was only one category uh, of clothing that had its own category, and that was Sabbath clothes. We had clothes and Sabbath clothes, and Sabbath clothes had this ugly monster on it every single Sabbath called a tie. Um, so I brought that out of my Adventist uh, upbringing closet. Uh, it does not spark joy. It only sparks strangulation and 
preach it. I hear it. So, uh, Sabbath best or Sabbath close, uh, it, thank you, kinda. <laughs> Mandy, what'd you bring to the table? I brought uh, lipstick. Lip, lipstick. Lipstick, yes. Uh, I had a different experience growing up in church in that growing up, every Saturday was a day to try out a new makeup look. In fact, I fine-tuned my wedding makeup by trying it out here and testing all of your reactions. <laughs> um, so yeah, my lipstick. And it sparks joy, so I will keep it. It stays. It stays. Stay. Sam, what'd you put on the table? I wore yeah, okay. He, he, he wears it so often that he needs help getting in and out of it. Yeah. Responsibility, character, and love of Jesus. Also, it teaches us some useless things like sand art, advanced art, marching, and end time survival. Um, how, how, do you, how do you feel about what you brought to the table? You know, I'm gonna keep it. You I love keep it. it. Are, are you gonna? Are you gonna keep the infomercial that you just did or no? I'm all right. Are you gonna keep the infomercial that you just did or no? <laughs> Who wants to sing the Pathfinder song? Let's do it. <laughs> oh, we are the Pathfinder strong. The servants of God are we. Faithful as we march along. In kindness, truth, and purity. Oh, you don't know the rest. <laughs> A truth that I'm a bit of a fraud, I'm sorry, yeah. There's love and forgiveness here this morning. Vaughn, what else did you put on the table? I found, also a little dusty, actually, in, in the religious closet, these, uh, these candles, these Sabbath candles from the practice of welcoming Sabbath on Friday night. Uh, something that was also part of the first 18, 19, 20 years of my life, every Friday night with my family. Mm. I brought these. Are they gonna stay or go? These definitely spark joy, and I, this is something I would like to dust off, actually, and find a place mm -hmm. for uh, out, on, out on the table somewhere. It stays. Otis, what else? I brought my grandfather's Spanish hymnal, and it reminds me of family worship, similar to what Vaughn was just talking about, family worship every single night, singing songs together, hymns, worship songs, and just sharing with each other how God was leading us during the week, and I want to keep it, definitely. It's keeping. You're, that's staying. Those were all the Spanish speakers who are coming to your house for worship. Más allá del sol. Bev, what else? Um, I also I brought um, this beautiful loaf of bread that for me is kind of like a recovered item in my religious slash faith experience because I grew up in a very traditional uh, Spanish Adventist community, small, and as a kid, I was not allowed to participate in communion um, because I was too young and I could not do it until I was baptized. Um, and so for a while, this was something that I wanted to throw out. 
I don't want to be a part of that place. Um, but since then, I've joined communities that uh, practice open communion and um, allow for all of the people, no matter what age you are or place you come from, to participate in, in the bread of life. So um, this brings me joy. I'm going to keep it. You're keeping. Mm -hmm. Also, you can have some afterwards. It's very good. <laughs> That's beautiful. Steve? I, I, I'm identifying this guitar right here. Um, and this reminds me of, actually, I'm going to put, yeah. It reminds me of, well, not only Michigan hoedowns, <laughs> but of uh, the first Sabbath of every month, uh, we would go in something called Sunshine Bands, where we'd go to um, nursing homes and uh, sing to the old folks there. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, it was a great uh, time. You, you may know some of, some of those good old oldies, goodies. Okay. Some glad morning when this life is over. keep those lyrics in Adventism. Well, uh, maybe no. we can do without those. <laughs> yes. You know, but I think I'll keep the Sunshine Band. You're going to keep I the Sunshine I may not have thought it sparked joy as a kid, but I definitely look at it and wish it, I could have done it more and spark joy. Yeah. Beautiful. So the guitar stays. All right. Devo. Um, I brought out this uh, baptismal robe, which is not in my closet, but the church closet for sure. Um, when, when I was 12 years old, I was in the Adventist school on the campus, and the, the, the youth pastor invited us to um, join a baptismal class. I joined it because it got us out of other classes. I, I wasn't quite sure whether I wanted to do that or not, but then a number of my friends decided they would get baptized and join the class, and I decided that I would do this. Um, and I remember going into that baptismal, that baptistry, the water, uh, and I had all kinds of uh, religious tapes playing in my mind. Uh, you have so much sin, you're not good enough. Uh, do you know all the fundamental beliefs? Can you memorize the 13 baptismal vows, etc., etc. Uh, and went into the baptistry, not really sure about that, but once I went under the water and came out, something amazing just happened. Um, and so, gonna, I want to keep it. It's going to stay. Yeah. Um, it's going to stay. <laughs> As an adult, sometimes I wonder about... Um, a very narrow view of life, and uh, when we baptize, that we hold on to 13 things, or 27 things, or 28, uh, but that narrow view is opened up to the way of Jesus, and mm. to me, there's something beautiful about a community coming alongside a 12-year-old kid. Amen. Amen. We can, however, teach you how to fold it. Mm. Sam, what else did you bring to the table? I brought, I brought a can of Big Franks. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Um, this image of the beast <laughs> contains Tarula yeast, um, monosodium biscuits and gravy, and other ingredients that I don't know how to pronounce. 
11 grams of uh, saturated fats, 6 grams of protein, 300 milligrams of sodium per serving, and so much joy. Holla. Because it has helped so many of us feel like we're not missing out. We're not missing out at barbecues, at beach vespers, on campouts, and other <laughs> events. Um, it makes us the quirky people, but mm. yet it makes me feel proud to be part of this little quirky tribe. Mm. Yep. So it stays. It stays. The vegetarians are with you? It has to stay. It's lunch. It has to stay. <laughs> Mandy, you've got the last one. What else did you bring to the table? So I actually brought a, the book of the church directory. Um, I, as a college student, I had this community living through my veins, and I left for two years um, and joined another community who thought I was a, a little bit weird and a little bit odd for being a part of this one. And so uh, this year, I released the tension, um, the tension and the baggage I have from that experience and instead hold on to hope, um, hope that this community has given me. Hmm, beautiful. Can you thank them? If you emptied your own closets and drawers out and you made the stack on the floor of the table, what would you add to our stack? And what criteria ought we use as we evaluate and hold up each experience and the people and the ideas? What, how will we decide? I mean, for Marie Kondo, does this spark joy? That is her criteria. Do you see this in your future as they work episode by episode? That really is the criteria, friends. Does this spark joy? And this is the church of Jesus Christ. There's another criteria that the Apostle Paul writes about here. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians, by, by the end of the first three chapters, he says, God's love is overflowing. The grace is everywhere. There aren't enough words to describe. In three chapters still, there aren't enough words to describe. Chapter one begins with this long sentence and chapter three ends with another long sentence about the grace and the love and the overwhelming goodness of God for, for Jews, for Gentiles, for all creatures that God has called us all into a family called the church. So like Maria Kondo in her closets and in people's homes tidying up, it is us, the people of the church who empty our experiences out. It is us who take responsibility for the tidying of the church, but not on our own terms, not on my terms, not on the pastor's terms, not on the terms of elected leaders in the church or officials, on the terms of Jesus Christ. This is what Ephesians says. The church will function on the terms of Jesus Christ. If you had a worship guide when you came in today, these are what we're calling the bulletins now, worship guide. Pick, pick one up, would you? Because on the front of the worship guide every week, there's a couple of paragraphs that focus our attention for whatever the topic is today. Now, someone said to me a few weeks ago at this door when they had their worship guide in their hand, why do you keep printing the same thing week after week after week? Those paragraphs change every week which I told her. So please read them. 
And please notice this week, turn it over, the few of you who care deeply about your worship guide, we have added your order of service to the back of the worship guide. Because it sparks joy. We've heard you. We've heard you. Can I read with you, though, from some of the paragraphs there on the front of the worship guide? It says this, we seem wired for a church that does not yet exist. Some buzzwords and phrases that signal our longings include authenticity and vulnerability, safe community and spacious conversation, freedom of conscience and Jesus-centered. These longings for more are parallel to yearnings for less of some other things. We grow weary of denominational angst, of fake membership litmus tests, of manufactured lines in the sands as if some kind of D-Day is in our, on our horizon in 2019 in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Some tidying is needed, in other words, some tidying. Now, my instinct would be to rummage through it all and to simply say, does this seem useful? Has it caused damage? And I would decide based on that. But according to the book of Ephesians and the apostle Paul and his imploring us about the grace of God, he tells us we are not the tidying experts of the church. There is an organizational chart for our church family. And we are not in the front of the line. No one you know is in the front of the line. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, another long sentence. It's in Christ that we find out who we are. It's in Christ we find out who we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up high, he had his eyes on us. This is now Eugene Peterson. He had designs on us for glorious living part of the overall purpose he is working out. I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every one of you church people, every time I prayed, I'd think of you and I'd give thanks. But, but I do more than thank. I, I ask God, our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory. I ask God to make church people intelligent and discerning in knowing Jesus your eyes focused and clear so that you can exa see exactly what it is he's calling you to, to grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for you. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. It's endless energy, boundless strength. It just sounds like too good to be true. Great, huge, spacious love of God Paul is talking about. He knows we'll make a mess of church. Paul knows what humans will do when we have something precious in our hands. So when the church is not working, it's likely because we are swimming, drowning in clutter of our own creation. When church is not working, the apostle Paul already knows I'm imploring that God will make you intelligent and discerning about this enterprise because church is not an event we show up for, it's a family we belong to. I'm praying God will make you intelligent and discerning about the family you belong to. The idea of church is really very simple. We preach the gospel, we show hospitality, we, we, we worship and we pay attention to worship and we pay attention to one another's lives and we go back out into the world. It's a simple vocation. And the Apostle Paul says, we will make a mess of it. 
So if the church wants to be useful in the world, actually, we could be the ones who would stand up in the world and proclaim, humans make a mess of things. We're just gonna tell you from our own experience. The truth is we could pile all kinds of trauma on this table back here. So we could say to the world, humans make a mess of things and, and, and there is something called the goodness of God. If the church wants to have a voice in the world, that's the prayer we lead in the world. It's a simple vocation, friends. Love well, deeply, big, broadly, and. I overheard the conversation in the elevator. These two are whispering, standing kind of close. One leans in and says, so I just told her, listen, I'm about to say a thing to you and it's not very Christian, but I'm gonna say it anyway. No, don't say the thing. That's what Ephesians says, don't say the thing. But we're gonna make a mess of it, the apostle Paul says. My father, he had a deep conviction that people ought not smoke. It's not great for our bodies, right? So this came to him from his faith tradition, but he also had kind of a weird, sick sense of humor about it. He printed these little cards. I don't know if he saw them somewhere or he just created this on his own. Every time he saw someone smoking, he would just come up close to them and hand them a card. And this little card said, I noticed that you smoke. I thought you'd like to know that I chew. If you refrain from smoking on me, I'll refrain from spitting on you. <gasps> what? cards in his pockets and my mom would walk around town with him and she'd see him getting close to someone smoking. She'd grab his arms. No! What are you doing? You can't pass those cards out. All we know about this thing called the deep love of God which grounds our story and we make a mess of it so easily. The Apostle Paul knows and so we get this counsel. We could pile this table with trauma back here. You could as well. This week, I had three separate times this week when I realized when I left a conversation, I didn't sound very Christian. At least one with my own colleagues and I walked out the door and thought, who's speaking? It doesn't sound like a person who's persuaded of the great love of God. Paul says, we'll make a mess of it. God knows, Jesus knows, we'll make a mess of it. This is what's unique to us, friends. We have that inside information. Humans will make a mess of it so we can stand in the world and say, we will make a mess of it. But there is a God with gracious, good, forgiving, huge, large love. This is the lesson of the first three chapters. So if we want to tidy the church, and we'll spend the month of January in the book of Ephesians, if we want to tidy the church, we'll have to use the criteria from the book of Jesus, from the book of Ephesians. We'll have to use the criteria about the crazy, large, wild love of God. We don't have any ethical decisions in the first three chapters. It's four through six, where it gets difficult, where they start making decisions. I think that's on purpose because we have to stay in chapters one to three until we really start to trust this story. So the pastors, we're reading a couple of books over the next few weeks. 
I invite you to read along, if it's meaningful, two books. The first is William Johnson's latest title, Authentic Adventism. We're so glad he keeps writing. In this book, Bill Johnson asks, what belongs in Adventism's future? If we cannot find it in the teachings and the words of Jesus, it has no business in Adventism, he says. He says it boldly in a way many have been saying for a few years now, but that's his thesis, Jesus leads this church. The second book we're gonna read is a few years older. It comes from Brian McLaren, The Great Spiritual Migration. When McLaren, in this book, he insists that there is a better way to be Christian, that someone, somehow, somewhere over the last decades, Jesus was kidnapped from the church, he says. The reason we all have taken off our Christian t-shirts and we don't have brand loyalty is because someone kidnapped Jesus. McLaren imagines that there is a better community in the future, that we can tidy some things up, he says, that the overwhelming love and grace of God can be seen right up ahead. We can find our way, he says, to a more just and generous church. Two of the books the pastors will be reading, Tidying Up Church, it belongs to all of us. Ephesians 3, at the very end, Here's the summary. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you and strengthen you in your inner being with power through his spirit, that Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I want to pause right there. Rooted and grounded in love. You want to go back one, Zach? As you are being rooted and grounded in love. Ephesians insists that this is where our feet are planted, this is where our roots grow deep, this is where we find out who we are and whose we are and who the community belongs to. The psalmist says that the whole earth is full of God's love and glory. Can you imagine that every step we take on the ground and in the dirt is pulsing with the love of God? We are rooted and grounded and cradled and carried every step of every day by the gracious love of God. This is our church. Paul insists, if you wanna have a, a tidier church in the future, then plant your feet more firmly in love. There are consequences, friends, Paul has chains on and he's writing as a prisoner, so don't think we're gonna be picking daisies and walking through the park eating haystacks. There are consequences to this love. It has Paul in prison, and he will die for his commitment to this love from this Jesus. Trust that love will carry us, friends. It is 2019, can you believe it? 2019, the color of the year is called coral. Space travel as a vacation destination may happen this year, thanks to Boeing. For $200,000, $300,000, we might be able to take a space vacation. This is the year we're supposed to get a foldable phone, and if you were in Las Vegas, a foldable TV screen that you can fold and roll up. That's supposed to happen this year. It's 2019. 80% of the internet traffic is video streaming now. And the word of the year for the Oxford English Dictionary is toxic. And for the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the word of the year is justice. Christians, loved 
by the overwhelming and extravagant love of Jesus. It is 2019, time for a fresh planting in the love of God. To be cradled and carried by the love of God, to be sustained and stabilized by the love of God. When our kids were little, my father was very eager that they be taught to stand in the palm of their father's hand. On the left is Amanda, on the right is Elisa, both of them not even walking yet. My father's thesis is that not all babies can do this, not all toddlers, not all children will let you do this. They have to be able to stand there and trust you and hold their legs firm and be still. And if you're, if you still, if you're still, then the big person, the adult in the room can hold you and carry you. My father loved to try this on children. Not all children will do this, he used to say. I remember having this conversation with him. Dad, how do you know not all children will do this? He said, because I had four. You were one of them. Zach, next picture. Trust. Trust that the gracious love of God, church, is cradling us and carrying us and sustaining us and stabilizing us in 2019. This is the gospel. Amen.